Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Dubinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, world changers, and welcome back for another episode of Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Now, today's guests, yes, there are two of them, co-founded SB Pace, a firm with a passion for small businesses. Together, they wrote the best-selling book, Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. Co-host of a top-rated business podcast, a weekly live radio show, which is awesome, and has been listed on the Brains Magazine Global 500 list, which recognizes entrepreneurial success and dedication to helping others. They've published over 200 articles helping entrepreneurs and have multiple digital courses, which I would love to explore. Please welcome to the show, the dynamic host of the Biz Quick podcast, Corey Harris and Julie Traxler. Corey, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having us on the show. Awesome. Julie, how are you doing? I am amazing. Thanks for asking. Nice. And I love that answer, by the way. That's awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, your business, what it is exactly that you do? Perfect. SB Pace, uh, we actually started SB Pace as a direct result of the pandemic. We both grew up in small business families. We're really passionate about small business. And when the pandemic hit, there were you know, so many of our friends and family that were really struggling with their businesses, not really knowing what to do. Information was coming in and changing so quickly. So yes. we both um, had been consulting for other companies at the time. Those opportunities dried up really fast. So we thought, well, we've got some savings. Let's just take some time and call on friends and family and see if there's anything we can do to help. And that just led to us talking to more and more people. It caused us to write the book. That's how we decided to write the book. And then we- Oh, Nice decided also like, hey, I think this could be something. And so we launched the business and we have been really held very true to some of the initial values that we had right from the start, which were the first thing is our number one core value is we don't sell you shit you don't need. We are not interested in fleecing or grifting our clients. We are teach them to fish so that they can get, you know, get by without us. And then the second thing is that we we really want to help as many small businesses as we can succeed. And so we're really focused on what's the fastest way that we can help them reach success. So that's SP Pace. Nice. Absolutely love it. And I want to take a step back here because I know you said that this was starting off your business result of the pandemic. How did you get into the I guess, for lack of a better term, the small business coaching space to begin with. Well, so for us, we had both worked for large companies prior to this. And Julie had worked for a big four. I had worked for uh, a Fortune 500 company. And the like consulting in general was not, I mean, there's just a void for small businesses. So the work that we do, we just noticed that it, it was something that small business owners either didn't know was available it wasn't available or it wasn't affordable. So we kind of try to fill that market to say, all right, what can we bring from our experience of being consultants for big companies and how can we apply that to small business owners? And that's how we landed with what our business is today. 
Absolutely love that. Being able to translate that work that you're doing for the Fortune 500 into small businesses. Now, I, I do want to take a step back because I could just see somebody listening to this podcast right now that says, Fortune 500 companies do not have the same problem that I do, right? I'm a mom and pop business here. I'm a small business here. So how, how did you translate that over? And Julie's shaking her head at me. So how did you translate this over or how is that, you know, since we're being free here, how is that a crock of shit? It's a crock of shit. Um, <laughs> all businesses have the same problems. They just have them on a different scale. They just experience them in different ways. So there wasn't a lot of translation in terms of the problems that we can help you solve or how we can help you grow and scale your business. The real translation came in with the value proposition and the money, right? Because right. as Corey, Corey always says, and he'll say it so much better than I do, s small business owners love to pinch pennies. Is that that's what you That's their saying? favorite hobby, yes. Yes, that's their favorite hobby. They pinch pennies. And so getting them to understand that spending money on an expert or investing in good coaching or consulting services to help grow their business is, that's the struggle that we were faced with when we like first started. And to be honest, even before we had that struggle, we had the struggle of, we went to market with this stupid theory of if we build it, they will come and nothing could be further from the truth. Uh -huh. Yeah. And uh, like for me, when I left, I was a partner in a business here in, in Richmond, a small chain of coffee uh, shops. And I, I was drowning and long story short, I got burnt out and I, found a nine to five and I was like, all right, I'm going to go have this cushy nine to five job working for a big company. And the same problems that I was having running a handful of coffee shops were the same problems that I was dealing with. As soon as I started working for this company, it was frustrating because I was like, wait a second, you have thousands of people working for you. You have millions, if not billions of dollars at your disposal, and you still haven't solved the problems that I couldn't solve. So it was, it was an eye opener and it was annoying at the same time. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I absolutely love it. Cause you're right. It's just, you know, it's the same problem, but it's a question of scale. Right. And they just got it a, on a much bigger plate than what the small business does. What I would like to do is, cause I know that it seems like the start of the pandemic was just a very pivotal point for you in your business. So I'm going to open up this question a little bit more. Because I was going to ask you what made you get into podcasting, but it's not just podcasting, right? You you also have this like live radio show. So what made you decide to start leveraging these platforms for your business? Well, we, when we started the podcast, so we're only, we're about eighteen months into our podcast. We start. I think our first episode launched in September of twenty twenty, right? Right. And I think what we've learned since Corey and I started SB Pace is that we we go big all the time, right? We've launched not just SB Pace. We have a second business that we launched. And Corey's working on a third business right now. We <laughs> have a video show. We wrote a book. We have the podcast. So starting that podcast, it felt like a very natural thing to us. I don't think either one of us were nervous about it. We looked at it as a way to really demonstrate our expertise and to potentially get clients that was that was our motivation when we started it okay and we quickly learned that that was probably not the best approach we wanted to talk to small business owners on the podcast and we do talk to small business owners but getting people on the podcast to talk about what's going on 
like what's going wrong in their business or, or how we could help them. It's not something people were really interested in, interested in doing, you yeah. know, on the air. So what we, we learned a lot. We learned it fairly quickly, like most things, like with our business and, and the podcast, the radio show, everything. It, you start off with a certain idea, realize that you're wrong and you have to adapt. And that's just small business in general. Right. And, and I love it that you're, that you're thinking about using, you know, podcasting as a tool, especially to build your network. So I'm going to ask you the next question. What made you decide to get in a radio and, and what was that process? What did that look like? <laughs> so I think the radio show might be one of the most accidental things that we <laughs> Um So the backstory is there are there is there are two very odd opportunities that came our way as a direct result of our Instagram account, right? And we don't have thousands and thousands of followers on Instagram. We're building it. We're building it organically. And like everybody, when they're first starting, they struggle. Everybody wants followers. They think it's a, you know, it's a vanity number. We understand that much better now, but we do reels. We do regular reels. And this guy here is a superstar at Reels because he has this personality that you don't see coming. He's very, very stoic, but he just will do just about anything to help the business. And the first thing that happened was a producer from Supermarket Sweeps saw some of our Reels and reached out and asked us to audition for the show. Now we auditioned, but we didn't get selected. But when it when the request first came through, we're both like, "Is this a scam? Is this a joke?" It wasn't. The well, second, the just to interrupt you real quick on that, so they they had sent us an email, and I think that we both ignored it, and they yeah. sent a follow up email, and we're like, "All right, this is a very like persistent scammer, obviously." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Sorry. then we, we ended up, we did end up auditioning and we had a lot of fun with it. I don't know why we didn't get selected, but we did it. But the second thing that happened was our reels led the person that we um, started working with at Voice America, which is where our radio show is. She found our reels, then discovered our podcast, started listening to our podcast. It was like, I just love like the chemistry between the two of you. You are so good together. The conversation is so easy. And and so she reached out and she reached out to me and asked me if we would be interested in doing a radio show. And I we talked about it a lot. We talked through it a lot because it's a one year contract. And knowing that Corey's about to launch a third business here, we've already got two businesses in the podcast. It was like, do you know, do we want to do this and what will right. it take for us? And we're realizing quickly that it's there's a significant marketing effort with it on our part to really to get the numbers up where we want them to be. But it's been it's been very interesting and it's it's been enjoyable so far. It's very it's new for us. It's just since the beginning of December. Let me ask you this question, because you're the you're the first entrepreneurs that I've talked to that not only do podcasting, but you also have a radio show. So I guess the question that I want to ask is, is there any overlap between the two? Like, for instance, can you use the radio show as an episode of your podcast or do you, do you record your radio show like podcast style and then just send it over to an engineer who puts it on the air? How does that work? So our, our radio show, we're still trying to figure things out as we go, but we have a great audio engineer, audio producer. I don't, I can't remember what his title is, but he, yeah. So he, yeah. he, um, he said that uh, like he loves doing our show cause it's more like a terrestrial radio show. We record live a lot of the shows that he does. They, you know, they record independently and then just broadcast it on, in that time 
we're 100% live. So that was a big change for us that we've got our podcasting down to a bit of a science now where we don't really have to do much editing, but there's a, the, the occasional screw up here or there, or, you know, Julie has to call off or I have to call off or it's like, Hey, let's just, let's pause for a second. But we just have to power through that. So that was, that was a big change for us, but it wasn't really like the first show. I think I was a little nervous because I was like, oh man, we're live. But then it's like anything, you're just talking. Like we're, we're getting to talk. And that's just like such a strange concept for me still. And you get paid for it. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And I do want to go back to something because what you, you said this before and I, and I get this from people when they talk about you know, well, I don't know, you know, content or producing content or anything else, but I want to go back and actually highlight that for you, this level of exposure, getting that radio show came about because of an Instagram reel, right? Just something, you know, innocuous that people either hesitate on producing these things or whatever it is. But that to me is like, it's really interesting. So I, I want to kind of go back here just a little bit. First off, you know, why did you decide to get into Instagram Reels? What was the appeal about that? How are you using that to get your message out? Well, we have a 21-year-old. She was our intern over the summer. We let her pick any title she wanted. I believe she's the director of social media. Nice. And uh, she told us that we needed to do Reels. <laughs> so when it comes to social media, her name is Frances. We pretty much listen to Frances. When she tells us, you got to do this, we do it. Nice. And um, even as much as we don't want to, it's like, mm, okay, she knows. She knows the scene way better than we do. So making that decision. And, and the one thing that we've been really good about since starting the business, SB Pace, is consistency on things, right? So when we commit to something, we figure out what that's going to look like long term. And we are very, very consistent. And that consistency is so important, right? As this is one of my favorite um, quotes from Tim Grover, where he says, winning is boring, right? It's boring. Like the act of being a successful business owner is boring. You're doing the same things every single day. You have to be really consistent. And it's those small things that really matter. So yes. when Francis says produce reels Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we produce reels Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And the same thing, our podcast is consistent. Our blogs have been consistent. We are, we are very, very consistent. And for me, it's been, it's been a, a bit of a, I don't know, it's, it's an experience. I don't have social media personally. And when Julie and Francis said, Hey, we need to start doing X, Y, or Z. Like I'm, I'm, you have to get used to doing things that you're not comfortable doing. Yes. And, and that's just in general in small business. And so they're like, yeah, just record a video on your phone. And I'm like, well, I don't even know how to do that. First of all. So I had to learn how to record a video on my phone. But then, you know, Julie sends me a text one day and it's like, hey, that reel you put out had 2,000 views, 4,000 views, something like a, like a large amount. I'm like, we don't, we don't know that many people. And now <laughs> Julie's, trying, Julie's trying to explain to me why, like how this works. And it's just like this whole new world for me. And I still don't understand it, but I just go along with it. And I want to point this out for to the audience and share just a little bit about, because I started doing reels and I started doing TikToks about a week and a half ago. And the reason why I did it is because my coach said to me, you've been talking about this for months. You just need to do it. And literally my first reel and my first TikTok is me taking my phone. And all I did was I said, this is my first reel. Follow if you want more tips with podcasting. 
That was it. That's all I did. There was no text on the screen, no music. There was no dancing because nobody wants to see me dance, nor would I want to inflict that upon the, upon the world in general. But that's all it was. I was just taking that, taking that first step and getting it out there. And I've committed to do it every single day for the next 30 days. But like you guys, I'll probably scale that back when the 30 days is done and just do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But I can tell you this. It's generated a lot of what it is that I'm doing. People are following me. I'll be shooting my reel and, and TikTok actually when I get done doing my interviews today. Kind of putting yourself out there and exposing yourself to these new strategies and tactics like what you were saying, Corey, I think is like critical in, in today's age because it's becoming such a, a video-centric world. We like to see videos. We like to see our TikToks. We like to see and grab these small um, nuggets you know, of information and stuff to put out there. And, and like you said, I, I gotta, I gotta take a step back here. What was it that made you trust Francis in the first place? Like here's somebody, I don't even know if they're old enough to vote yet. What is it about Francis that, that made you say, you know what, let's just go all in and trust her. Well, I, I know nothing. So literally anybody who knows who has like a Twitter account is more of an expert than me. So gotcha. <laughs> for me and, and Julie, I mean, Julie's really good at, at, understanding the social media side of things and working with Francis and giving us direction in that really following Julie's lead, but she also follows Francis's lead. Like we have a weekly meeting with Francis. I made her give us a status report every week because <laughs> you're going to be an intern. You're going to learn what it's like to work in corporate America. So once a week, I need a status report of what you've done, but we use that as uh, here's the, everything that uh, you're doing well. Here's all of the things that we should try. Here's the research that I did. Like it's, it's good for her and it's great for us because it's getting a different set of eyeballs on what we're doing. And then like uh, Julie mentioned, we've got another business that we work on. And uh, for me, I consume information much more differently than I'll, than a lot of people do. Like I prefer to read everything. I don't like watching videos. I don't like right. listening to audio or anything like that. And I, I created some content for a social post and Stacy, our other partner responded back. She's like, I need, we need to remove the words. We'll put that, we'll drop that in the description and like X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't know. Like for me, I want to have everything on that post and that's that. She said, no, we're going to do this differently. It's like, all right, cool. Here's a picture. You figure it out then. <laughs> One of the things back to your, your question clip on why we trust Francis. When we brought her on as an intern, our commitment to her was, so she's a marketing um, major with a minor in finance, I believe. Okay. Our commitment to her was that we were going to let her as much as she was going to come and help us and show us, you know, things that she's an expert in that she's learned throughout school. Our commitment was that we were going to give her opportunities to do things and try things that she hadn't done before. So nice. letting her, you know, learn, she launched a business with us. She was there when we launched our second business. She actually created the marketing strategy for it. We're like, create the launch strategy for the marketing, Francis. And we've given her a lot of opportunities to some of the work she does is very boring where it's like, I, we just need you to post these 37 videos to yep. YouTube for us, please. But she also gets to do a lot of really fun and cool stuff. And that's our commitment to helping her learn and become better and figure out exactly what it is that she wants to do when she's done with school, which I'm pretty sure she's going to be an entrepreneur when she's done. But it's been a, it's been a fun experience for us. And, and we're not curing cancer over here, right? Right. What we do is important and it matters, but nobody is going to die 
if one of our social posts fails or if we have really bad grammar or spell, nobody's dying. And so we're like, mistakes, they're totally cool. You can learn, make mistakes and fail and we will recover from anything that you do. And that's pretty much how we how we approached most things inside of the business as we're as we're growing and learning. Yeah. And you bring up a real good point because really at the end of the day, you don't know what's going to work. You know, you don't know what's going to resonate with your audience. You know, she could have said, hey, do reels and reels could have been a complete bust. But on the other side of the coin, just because you were willing to experiment with it, let's open up this whole new world for you, which actually kind of leads me into my next question. I want to discuss what is it that podcasting has really done for your business? I mean, for us, uh, for me personally, it's it's helped us just build ourselves as a brand. It helps us get laser focused. And like we were just talking about, we can try things. And if they don't work, we'll just fix them. We, we right. had uh, this idea that maybe people were going to be really interested in a certain guest. And so we, we recorded an extra long episode and we recorded, like we had a part one and a part two, and it was a nightmare to edit and get right and all of that. And it turns out everybody hated it. And we're like, okay, lesson learned. We're not going to do that again. No big deal. Everything that we do, like uh, in the podcasting and in business, you're not going to hit a home run every time and you have to be okay with that. Yeah, I also think one of the lessons that we've learned is just because somebody has a really big name or a really big following, that really doesn't mean shit in terms of how that exactly. is going to do. In fact, in most instances, the bigger named guests, those shows actually do worse than the, you know, B or C list players or people that nobody knows. Those guests tend to be less passionate and bring less value or information to the listeners. Somebody who is really like they're on the come up and they're they're trying to make a name for themselves, they're gonna they're gonna work extra hard on the on the episode and they're gonna promote the hell out of it. And that matters. You bring up really so two good points. So first off, I actually had an opportunity to interview like one of the top ranked entrepreneur podcasts that were out there. This host does a decent job with interviewing, but he was horrible as a guest. And it was the only time ever in my life that I recorded an interview where I did not release the interview to the public because it was that bad. Because you have to think about your audience, right? That you're putting out there. And the thing is, I felt like that, that interview right there, it would have been just the name. It would have just been clickbait, you know, yep. if anything. But I didn't want people to click on that and think that that was the standard for my show because it's kind of not. You right. We, we One of the mistakes that we made early on was we had a, a fairly big name guest, right, who we both loved. And he was a great guest. But God, Corey and I were awful at actually interviewing at that point. There was like our third episode. And we were so bad that he we asked him back and he was actually the first guest on season three because we love him. He's a phenomenal guest and we are so much better now at being podcast hosts that right. we're like, come back on and, and do another show with us. Nice. And I do love that because I want to point it out the fact that, you know, first off, I'm glad that you guys did not give up because you were learning just like with everything else, right? You're always going to start off and you're going to, you know, pardon my French, you're always going to suck at the beginning. So I got to give you guys credit for the fact that you stuck with it. You've gotten better at it as you go. And so hat tip to you guys. Speaking of which, what was one of your biggest struggles when you got started with podcasting? There was, I don't know if we really struggled, like we, we struggled getting our, our groove and that was just that repetition. I think like, right. We had to learn for me, like I, I, I'm a control freak. 
And so I had to learn to give up control to say, okay, we're just going to let this thing kind of go and just see where it, where it goes. I'm not going to like, I didn't have the time and I, you know, won't ever have the time to edit everything perfectly the way that I think that it should be. And that's also not natural. Like conversations have, you know, spaces, they have filler words, they have people like me just kind of not getting a full thought out correctly. And that's just normal in conversation. You just have to be okay with that. Filler words were a big issue. (laughs) They still are. I know my sentence where that I try not to ever use on the podcast because to me, when I have to use the sentence, I know that I've stopped listening to what the person is saying and I'm just responding with something. If you hear me say, oh, I love that. I have not listened to what they said. So Don't give I'm up like, all of our secrets, Julie. <laughs> That's just my secret. I I need to pay closer attention. One of the things that helped me greatly with that, I took an improv class. And I, oh. actually, I took the improv class thinking it would help me get better at sales because I own sales and marketing for SBPs. And well, it really didn't impact sales at all. It did actually make me better at podcasting. I became a much better interviewer because I became a better listener. Yeah, I love that because more than one occasion, I have actually considered taking some kind of either an improv class or an acting class or something, anything that I can do to get better at being behind the mic and stuff. And, and I, I hear you guys when you're talking about the filler words, man, this is so that right there. So what Corey was saying about being the perfectionist, right. And, and editing all that stuff out, man, when I had my first podcast, every other, every other word out of my mouth was a filler word. And what was worse is my guest was the same way. So it was taking me like four or five hours to edit a podcast episode because I'm splicing out every like, you know, so, and I still do. So that's my new thing. I don't know where I picked that up. I'm, I'm, that's spraying out of my mouth all the time. So I probably contaminated all of us with that little story. I apologize ahead of time. So the next question I want to ask was struggling. Cause I like that getting the groove, giving up control, uh, the filler words, how did you overcome those things? Like, you know, getting a groove, especially what Corey mentioned, like being almost like a borderline perfectionist, how do you overcome those obstacles? Uh, well, one of the keys is just realizing that people like realness. They relate to authenticity, right? Yes. People want. If even big name podcasts have filler words and gaffes in them, right? So, and we don't have time to put out a perfect podcast. Like we just, we don't have time for it. So to choose your battles and that's not one where I'm ever going to choose. That's, that's on my side. Yeah. And you, you need to not be so critical of yourself. When, uh, for, for me, listening to myself talk, just like most people, you don't want to listen to yourself talk. It sounds weird. And you start picking apart things that you're saying and uh, that sounded dumb or you're using too many filler words or whatever. And you're, you're more critical on yourself. But if you then listen to another podcast or listen to somebody else just speak in general and you start listening for those things that you're so critical of yourself on, yes. you realize, oh, wait. That person's also using filler words. This person is a professional podcaster. They're a professional speaker and they still use like, um, you know, every once in a while, every once in a while, not every other word sometimes, but so it, it's, it, you just have to be okay with the fact that you're not going to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with that. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
what has been one of the biggest successes? I, I know, well, actually the radio kind of came about from your Instagram reels, but what's been one of the biggest successes that you've had with your podcast? I think our biggest success is that we, well, two things that come to mind for me fairly quickly. First one is we have never, ever missed publishing an episode. We publish every Tuesday and Thursday and nice. we have never missed in the 18 months that we have had this podcast out. And the second thing is in December of 2020, we ran a special series on Saturdays targeted towards entrepreneurs and covering the topics that they didn't want to talk about, but they, they needed to mental health financial health for the business. And those episodes did very well. And a lot of people reached out and said, thank you for publishing those, especially the ones on mental health, because people were very much in a bad place at that time. So those are, for me, I think the biggest successes, and they, they probably don't feel like big successes, but they were, they're huge wins for us, I felt like. And that, that consistency is such an important part of our podcast and just making ourselves better because it gives us credibility and we're starting to build a, a, a more well-known guest list. So we're getting bigger names on the podcast and not because, uh, primarily because we are just consistent. We have 160 ish episodes out there. We post every Tuesday and Thursday. We, our format has now gotten to be consistent. So for somebody who has limited amount of time, they know that it's going to take less than 30 minutes and the interview's done. And you know, that's all that we ask of them aside from promotion on social media, et cetera, after the fact. But that consistency, I think is the most important part. Nice. Absolutely love it. And what I want to do is I want to go back and talk a little bit more about the, the Saturday specials that you guys produced. What was the, what was the impetus behind that idea? What made you say, Hey, you know what? We really need to do this and start pushing out episodes. <laughs> because I was struggling. <laughs> I mm. was near my breaking point emotionally, um, mentally. I was really, really struggling. I did not anticipate when we started SBPs how hard it was going to be, right? I just thought on social media, everybody makes being an entrepreneur look so glamorous and easy <laughs> and got the nice cars uh. and, you know. And those things, they may be true for some entrepreneurs, but most of us, it is a grind. And getting to that point where you can even have consistent revenue is tough. And I had exhausted my savings and I was so ashamed. I couldn't even tell Corey I had exhausted my savings. And I will let you in on a little secret, Cliff. I become a stark, raving, mad lunatic when I am struggling financially. I am not a good person. I don't handle it well. And I just needed to talk about it. And I thought, I cannot be the only person who's having these problems right now. The entire world is a disaster zone. So I pitched the idea to Corey and he loved it. And so we ran with it. It was really for my own sanity. I don't even know that Corey knows that, but that was, that was why I did it. Yeah. And I like how you said that I loved it. Julie, Julie does a lot of things and, and she's the, the driver, like she's the motivation for the business really. And it's not like we have enough on our plate. And then she says, oh, you know what we should do? Let's add an extra episode in the month of December. Let's just every, every week, let's do one more episode. I'm like, okay. All right, let's do it. You know, and, and I mean, it was a good idea. We had great guests on it. Like we got some really good feedback, some uh, 
they were good episodes, but again, it's like, well, we're already doing two a week. Now you want us to do three a week? All right. Let's see how this goes. This is why he's the perfect business partner, Cliff. <laughs> it's a whole, he... He's gotten much better at like really pushing back on me and saying like, why, why, why? And I get really frustrated, but it has forced me to have a very compelling why before I pitch anything to him because he will shut me down hard if I cannot, if I cannot justify it. He's like, we're not doing it. Right. No, I love it because to tell you the truth of the whole time that we've been talking here, your decision to run these episodes on a Saturday seems to fit right in with your modus operandi. And that is, let's just try it. <laughs> you know, let's just move things, you know, let's just see what happens. And, and I zoned in really on the Saturday because I'm, I'm actually going to go back now and check out those particular episodes because last year, man, mentally I was in the toilet and I just absolutely just struggled. And if it wasn't for a friend of mine reaching out and saying, Hey, I'm getting my certification as a coach. And I need a client. Is that you, Cliff? And I was like, sure. <laughs> Why not? You know, and I needed that. Now to this day, I've got three different coaches, which is great. But man, you know, you, you take, you compound the fact, you know, first off, being an entrepreneur is the loneliest profession on the planet. But then all of a sudden you've got all of this other stress too. Like you were talking about there, like your savings almost disappear. You've got Francis on the payroll. So you got to, you know, man, I got to pay her. And what it is is she doing? We got to keep the lights on. I can't, you know, miss the bill to shut down our website or something else like that. So kudos to you. I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm going to make it a point to go back and for our audience, I'll make sure to include that link for that down below. If you want to uh, check that out as well. One question I do want to say though, is for the entrepreneur, you guys are really big on consistency. So that's probably going to be the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. For the entrepreneurs that's out there struggling right now, they've got a podcast. They've just, maybe they've gotten started, whatever it is, and they are just struggling. What would be a piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice that you would actually give them? Well, for us, something that we learned fairly early on is that support's not going to come for where you think it is. You, you expect your friends, your family, the closest people in your network to support you and they kind of will, but they'll also like, they've got lives outside of your life. And so yep. if, if you need help, they'll give you a little bit of help. And, and if you don't specifically ask for them to do a, a certain thing, they're not going to do it. And it's not an indictment on them or your, you know, friendship or, or family, but it's, you're going to get people like different people in your network are going to support you that you wouldn't have like expected to support you. And so it's just helps not going to come from where you think it is. I would say that don't be afraid to reach out to people who are already doing what you're trying to do, right? When somebody is successful or has already been through what you're going through, they're really very likely to offer you advice to shorten the curve for you. I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we have a tendency to think that everyone has it easier than we do, right? That, that we're the only ones struggling with something, but that's, that's so not true and people will help. You just have to ask. Right. This reminds me, as soon as you said that, it reminded me of uh, the four-hour work week with Tim Ferriss. And he talked about how one of the exercises is to, you know, email these really successful people a question. Because the worst thing that happens is they ignore your email and they don't get back to you. So I think the idea about reaching out to anybody out there, if you find somebody who's, who's very successful at something that you want to do, 
just reach out and ask them a question. Just ask them for a piece of advice or, you know, Hey, I'm just getting started. What would you recommend? So I love that you brought that up because that's, that's just very, 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 very simple advice. So if somebody's listening to this podcast and they want to follow you guys online, they want to check out, you know, your podcast, your website, look at those awesome reels that you guys are making. How would they find you online? Everything they need can be found at sbpace.com. Everything. Nice. And for our audience, we will have the link in the show notes down below. So Corey, Julie, it's been awesome having you guys on the podcast today. Really do appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Cliff. Yep. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I want to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now, within the five-day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.